This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader, and Ben Snoor is back. We're going to redeem it. It's my fault from two episodes ago, and we're going to take care of it. But before we take care of it, and welcome back to Ben, we can take care of a little business. Number one is Broadback Ironworks, makers of the 2x72 grinder for knife makers, metal workers, woodworkers, any kind of DIYers, makers, this is the grinder for you. I would highly suggest looking into the things that they have if you are in the business of taking material away. Go check out their grinders, and you should definitely check out what they have. They have lots of new attachments. They have the radius platen. They have a grinding jig for. Um, they have a grinding jig for um, for the table that you can grind your your knives on. It's a beveling table. It's really cool, and they have other options for their grinder. It's a, it's a dynamite grinder, and right now they have a very special deal for the Texas Blade Show. The Texas Blade Show, they have a promotion that if you get uh, starting February, uh, sorry, starting Friday, March 17th, ending March 26th, if you get the uh, Max package, that's the, the one of their packages, uh, you get a $250 gift card. If you get, you get $300 gift card, if you get the premium package and $400 with the mega package and the sale starts Friday, March 17th and ends on March 26th. And it's available online in the show. And then those gift cards are good for anything in their shop. They, anything on their website. It's an awesome, it's an awesome, awesome company. And they're constantly making new things. I just used their surface grinder, which I love. Uh, it, I, I had to uh, mill down a, uh, mill down isn't the right word, but I had to take down a lot of material on some Damascus and it was, it was just, it was perfect. It was a hundred percent perfect. So go check out what they got over at Broadback Ironworks. And if you put in the promo code knife talk 200, you're going to get $200 off their grinder packages. And if you put in Knife Talk 100, you're going to get $100 off their sharpening system, surface belt grinder, surface grinder, and leather sewing machine. So thank you once again, Broadback Ironworks. Go check out what they're doing at the Blade Show in Texas because it's going to be cool. Next is Even Heat. Even Heat is the manufacturer of the finest heat treat ovens available. Go check out your next Even Heat at evenheat-kiln.com. And if you are a Knife Talk listener, you know that there is a distributor giving free shipping and $75 off in the United States. So it's worth it. The, the Even Heats are great. I've been using my Even Heats for years, and I've never had a problem. And if I do have a problem, I call them up and... That, that company is fast with everything. So definitely check it out. And I don't have problems with these machines. I mean, I work these machines. I run these machines and I run them hard. And I love them. And the people at Even Heat are terrific. And what, what else is there to say except for the fact that um, it doesn't get much better than Even Heat. I don't know anybody who has an Even Heat who says this was a mistake. Everyone's just like, I don't know why I waited so long. So go get yourself an Even Heat and, uh, you know, stop playing. Next is Axe Wax. Axe Wax, all natural food safe wax for your axe. Go check out all what they have at axewax.us and put them in the promo code FULLBLAST10 for 10% off all your Axe Wax. If you're in the UK, UK Knife Supplies taking 10 FULLBLAST10. If you're in the EU, Keith Colby's taking FULLBLAST10. Gamaco's taking FULLBLAST10. And NordicEdge.com.eu. Dot .au is taking full blast 10. So thank you Axwax. And that brings me to Nordic Edge. NordicEdge.com.au, Nordic Edge underscore Nordic underscore Edge on Instagram. They make they have knife making supplies. They have knife making tools. If you're in Australia, they have the screw-on carbide file guides. They have um, all sorts of 
uh, kits if you want to get into knife making and you don't know how to start. They have kits available and they also teach classes. I just saw that they did some classes um, where they are and it's definitely great. It looks like everyone is having a good time. If Jamie Sausage Man Forge is involved, it's got to be good. So go check out nordicedge.com.au and they are taking Full Blast 10 for 10% off all your axe wax. Knife making supplies, abrasives, grinders, tooling kits, uh, parts, hammers, all this stuff you're going to need. If you're in Australia you need some stuff, go check out what they got over at um, Nordic Edge. And they also have, uh, in the United States, they have, well, I guess everywhere, they have the Big Mert File Guide, which is uh, uh, something that they built with uh, Mert Tansu. Uh, it's a nice file guide, real, really good. If it's good enough for Mertansu, trust me, it's, it's good enough for you, that's for sure. And you can get uh, those if you're in the United States at knifekits.com. And I believe they're going to be involved with Maritime Knife Supply as well. So go check out what they're going, what's going on with them. And thank you for supporting the podcast, uh, Bjorn, uh, Jamie, and all the guys over at nordicedge.com.au. Uh, I appreciate it. <clears throat> and that said, let's talk about Maritime Knife Supply. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com or MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. All your knife making needs in Canada, and they service the United States. I think a lot of they he he sends a lot of stuff to the United States. So he has uh, Lawrence Lake has all your belt belt needs, abrasives, steels, kilns, forges, presses, heat treating ovens, anvils, anything you need to get started resupply, including axe wax. Uh, definitely check out what they have. They have a lot of steel selection. He sent me some hex bar hex uh, carbon steel hex bar that I am um, for making uh, integrals he's always has lots of stuff he is a knife maker too very involved with the New England School of Metalwork and so if you need something or you want something he's the guy to ask uh, and if you go get yourself a 10 pack of abrasive belts you're going to get one free so that's 10% off uh, definitely check out what he's got going on. Uh, Lawrence is a really great guy and they have all the TR maker equipment. They have Dr. Laren Thomas's must have book knife engineering. And if you're in Canada and you need a, you need, you need to check your Rockwell, go get, go get some of them Rockwell chisels from, uh, Matt Parkinson. They are awesome. I have a pair, I have a set of those and they are a great, they're a great system, uh, for, for, uh, checking your Rockwell with, if you don't have a Rockwell tester. So get yourself some of them files, enough files, they're chisels from, uh, um, maritime knife supply next is total boat totalboat.com they are the makers of adhesives paints primers polishing compounds and all the stuff you're going to need to keep your boat afloat they started out with boat people and now they're with the maker community too and i i just got a i got i just they sent me a gallon of the two-part epoxy i've been using it exclusively uh, for handle scales and it's great and they also have pigment so if you wanted to get the two-part slow epoxy you can order the 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 pigment too and the pigments designed for that epoxy and i really like it a lot um and i just saw that they were down in uh at, at uh, what was it Workbench workbench com with all the all the woodwork guys at keith decent or no, keith johnson and, and keith mitchell and then like i said and this is something i want to do these ad reads you think i'm fooling around they had Jimmy DeResta down there. He found a rat somewhere, a dead rat, and he stuck it in a, a box and they filled it with two-part epoxy. That's what he does. That's what he does. He, you get a dead, anything dead, he's going to put it in the two-part epoxy from Total Boat. And from what I understand, I, I assume they got through t the TSA with this, you know, this rodent encased in Total Boat. So it's good enough for, it's good enough for them. It's good enough for you. And if you go to TotalBoat.com, put in the promo code Full Blast, you're going to get 10, you're going to get 10% off. They gave me some of that um, 
UV cure epoxy, uh, that UV cure resin that has a, a little flashlight and, and that cures it. That stuff's awesome too. So go check out what they have at Total Boat. Uh, once again, if you're a knife maker, give it a try. Give their two-part epoxy a try, and I think you're going to like it very much. I mean, it keeps boats together, so, I mean, if that's good enough for that, that's good enough for you. Uh, thank you once again, Total Boat. Next is Trojan Horse Forge, makers of the stable rail knife finishing vise. These vices are awesome. Uh, like I said, I say it every week, and I'm saying it because I do it. I use these vices twice per knife. Every knife is on this vise twice. Once to hand sand the blade, you got to slap the, the, the plate on with the, with the rubber gasket and it holds the knife firm and it supports the distal taper, it supports an integral bolster, it supports a, uh, a kukri, it supports a curved knife. And then once it's all hand sanded nice, I put the handle on, flip it around, and then I'm finishing up the, the handle on that knife finishing vise. And if you go to TrojanHorseForge.com and then you put in the promo code full blast, you're going to get free shipping in the United States. You can't beat this vice. I mean, you just can't beat this vice. And it's great, and they offer payment plans, and it will up your game. Why not up your game? You know, period. Just up your game with the Trojan Horse Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice. Thank you. And last but certainly not least, I had a lot of nice conversations with Koi Baker over at Baker Forge and Tool. I love this material. And I'll tell you why I love this material. It isn't as intimidating as you think. He makes all these beautiful copper mines and bronze mines, sand mines, mosaic Damascus. If you're starting out and you're a stock removal guy and you're saying to yourself, well, I don't know. I got three more bars. I got He sent me a bar a couple years ago. I finally got around to it. I love, I love grinding it. It was, it was already annealed, easy to, easy to cut. It was super easy to grind. It was super easy to heat treat. He, on his website, he has all sorts of t uh, details on how you can get, uh, get the best results possible based on the core of the steel that it is. The copper is like your training wheels in terms of grinding because you know where the core is. When you're grinding that bar, you will see that copper liner and then that you'll know where you've reached the core you know where you don't have to etch it to know where you are you know where you are it's it's lights out awesome stuff it finishes perfect and he he look they're the maker of the beginner makers of gator piss they're makers of gator piss you know what gator piss is gator piss is their own etchant that etches the 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 their material it's great people love it people love it i hear nothing but good things about it and Fine. The name is the name. Oh, what can you do? That's we're just sticking with it. He's he's firmly in firmly ensconced with the name Gator Piss. God bless him. Koi knows what he's doing. I, I tell you what, like I said, I I put I put together this piece of steel and I put the knife together and it was unbelievable. And my customers started flocking. When are you gonna make another one? When are you gonna make another one? And I had to I had to get three more bars. I had to get three more bars. So I'm I'm in with the Baker Forge and Tool guys, and they're in with me, and they're in with the listeners. So here's a special. I just got a message from Koi, and what he says, if you go to bakerforge.com, and then you put in the promo code full blast, you get 10% off everything on the website. Everything on the website. You want to get some gator piss? 10% off. You want to get some copper mine? 10% off. You want to get it whatever you want? You get 10% off. You put in the promo code full blast. Go to bakerforge.com. Check out what they have. Check them out on Instagram, Baker Forge and Tool. You can't go wrong. I'm telling you. All right? So thank you, Koi, and the guys over at Baker Forge and Tool. I can't believe, I can't wait to get through this 
these more these three more pieces of steel. I want to stop everything and, and go with them, but I got to get other things done. But I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate all the listeners and everybody here. But I appreciate the most of all, most of all, most of all, my guest, who I have to apologize to, because two episodes ago we had a great conversation. Ben Snoor's back, part two, and we got I don't we had computer issues. My favorite, Ben. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am extraordinarily average. What do you mean? It's, you just use your birthday. It's, you just your birthday. It's just You're a forty. Fine day. It's right. just just a normal day. Okay, average is okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with being average. Well, you know, funny enough, I was like going through fits about last episode because we had such a good time, and it was a good, it was a great episode. I mean, the the hour that we did was awesome, but we had another, you know, fifty minutes in there that was great too. But and, you know, we're going to make the last fifteen were probably the best. Well, here's what we can do. I have a couple stories based off of what we were talking about last week, but we have all weird news. We can do whatever you want. This is time for laughs. I want to make it less than average. I want to make it, no, I'm not bad. I want to make this day more than average for you. So less, I want to make this day less than average. But last week we started talking about, uh, you said that you had this funny experience in a restaurant called- Convenience store. Convenience store that's called Alsip's. And I think you, to just to recap, if you're not, if you're listening to this for the first time, go listen to Ben Snor part one. This is Ben Snor part two. And he had a, he was giving his, you were giving your money to the register guy. The register guy sweeps his thumb across your hand and it was a weird situation. It was a weird situation. It made both of us uncomfortable. Well, I made my daughter and the restaurant owner very uncomfortable. I have two weird restaurant stories that happened so quickly after we recorded that I was like, I got to remember this. So one of the things is in my small town is we're constantly trying to find new places to order in. And, you know, you run, you know, you run through everything and then you're looking around, you're looking around. So we found this Greek place in uh, the neighboring town and we thought, let's order some Greek food. Yeah, gyros. I mean, they call them gyros. I used to, when I was a kid, I called them gyros. I mean, gyros, gyros, yep. and souvlaki and all that. No, what what's that yellow? That Greek yellow soup. You oh, know what I'm talking about. I know agnati. I don't know what it is. I am not. I remember a, eating that as a kid, just absolutely loving it. Really, a Greek restaurant in Amarillo. We go in there and I'd eat that yellow soup and then have some baklava. Damn. And there hasn't like there's one place. That sells euros in Amarillo, and they are constantly the worst-rated restaurant for hygiene in town. That, but that might not necessarily be a bad thing. I still eat there. I, st- you know what, dirty doesn't really persuade me. It depends on how dirty. You need a little sleaze. Like if you get a Band-Aid in your euro meat, that's not. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Like if it's that's a fingernail. Bad. You can cut. That's, you know, it happens. A whole, a whole Band-Aid. That's something else. I'm not, are you, if you find hair in your food, are you out? I'll just try to eat around it. Yeah, I'll take it out. I, I don't, I don't get too horned up about, about hair. Yeah. Hair in the food, you know, look, it, things happen. I don't get too worried about that. I. What if it's but, a short and curly hair? Th- well, I mean, you gotta like, you have to, it's a, it's a tough, you're in a tough dilemma. You're in a tough dilemma. Definitely I don't think tough. I would send it back, but I might not eat it if it was a pube. I wouldn't, <laughs> I would not, I have, I really, sending things back is not something I do. Uh-uh. I got to be in a bad mood. 
You know. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, hell, you can bring me somebody else's food, and I will eat it and act like it's exactly what I ordered. The last, I yeah, sending food back, I'm not a fan of because just you know working in restaurants and everything. Yeah. So back to this Greek place, we uh, we ordered all this stuff, and my daughter likes to ride with me, and sometimes she drives because she's she still hasn't gotten her license yet, but she's doing doing all she could take the test today and she'd pass no question she's doing a great job and and uh we, we she likes to come with me to the restaurants and we talk so we go to the restaurant and the and the, and the guy comes to the table and he says say your name and we get your order he goes okay it's gonna be five minutes okay all right no problem so we're sitting down and we're looking in the restaurant and, and you know it looks it's very clean very strange looking just like the decor is whatever but who gives a shit we're not eating there we don't care yeah. it's not our my restaurant so then the owner turns to me and he goes he just looks at me, he starts to kind of lock eyes with me. Like, we're like bored. Like, everyone's bored. Like, we're wait he's waiting for the food. I'm waiting for food. And now all of a sudden, I got to say something. So I say, so how's business? And he goes, oh, it's really good. You know, I'm, uh, I guess I have been here for three years. And in five years, we're going to be able to retire and move to Greece. I was like, oh, you don't say. He's like, yeah, my parents came from Greece and they, I was born in the Bronx and I lived in the Bronx and I worked my whole life. He goes, first thing he says is I worked my, I worked all my life since I was seven. Okay. Okay. He goes in and then, uh, and then he goes, and then he starts talking. He's like, we're going to, he's and my parents raised me and I worked hard. I worked hard my whole life. I worked like a dog my whole life in five years. We're going to, we're going to retire in Greece. He says it's the American dream. And That's not my dream. I said to him, "Well, I don't know if it's the American dream. It sounds like the Greek dream to me." <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, it's like yeah. your family moves from Greece to the United States. You take as much money as you can, and then you move back to Greece. That's the Greek dream. And my kid looks at me. She, there's nobody who knows me better than my kid because she, because she's thinking the same thing. And she, and he just looks at me. And I was like, "Yeah, it's a Greek dream." And then, and then we just, it got real weird. And then, um, and then we got our food and we left. And I said to my kid, I said, I got something to tell you. She goes, I knew you were going to do that. And I said, what do you, why do you mean that? She's like, because you don't like chit chat. Like you could get the cliche chit chat. I'm not good at, like, I, I need to press you for some realness, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was a really not, nothing special conversation. And I was talking to my kid and I said, just to let you know, when somebody says they've been working for, since they were seven, that doesn't mean they were good workers. They might be terrible. They might be it, like it's, it doesn't mean that they were doing hard work either. It it doesn't mean that they were doing a good job. You know that's the thing. It's like I've been working since I was. You might have been doing a shitty job since you were seven. There's a very yeah, good chance. Yeah, I mean, of that. what were you doing? Peeling some potatoes. Well, whatever he was doing, it was just like you know. And then so that was one thing. And then I was like, I got to tell Ben about that. And and then the next thing was. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Go I'm ahead. not good at chit chat either. It's. And, I don't, you know, I, there's those people that you just kind of run into and you're like waiting at the line in the grocery store and like you accidentally make eye contact and it's just, it's the opportunity that they've been waiting for to unload their entire life story right. on you. Right. And I never, can't do that. And they don't I'm, ask about you. No, they just want to tell you. And it's generally, they want to tell you how bad shit is. Yeah. It's never like, you know what? My son's getting married. I just won the lottery. I just got over cancer. Shit is awesome. It's it's the opposite. It's a sob story every time, and I'm sorry, but I don't want to know it. Yeah, I, you know what? And I don't ever feel the need to tell people my problems. Hell no. 
I mean, I can do chit chat. Like I feel like sports chit chat. I'm all in. Like if somebody wants to talk about the Yankees or the Knicks, I'm all in. I can do sports chit chat. Yeah. But like life chit chat, I you end up getting like the cliched expressions, and you're just like, what am I going to waste my time with this? Alex is the worst. Like I don't know what it is about her, but I'm really good at not making eye contact and hearing that stuff. There's something about her. People want to tell her everything. Really? And then I'm standing beside her and then I'm stuck listening to this BS. And there's no real good way to tell him, you know, look, dude, I don't give a shit. (laughs) I do not care. I don't know you and I don't want to. But there's some traps. There's some traps. Toasties and go on with your life. There's some real traps that the the uh the the person who's receiving the chit chat can fall into which is like prodding for more information oh you don't say just acknowledging that they're talking acknowledging that they're talking acknowledging that they're talking is like i mean there's no getting away from being you know molested by a by a chit chatter yep it's the worst no it's it's horrible it's horrible so I want to get your, now I want to get your, now then something else happened. And all I right. thought about you too. This is all in the course of a week and a half. This is like just two restaurants. A number of years ago, and I want your point, I want your opinion on it all because we're going to talk pizza. So I had uh, a number of years ago, a friend of mine who, an acquaintance of mine, let's not get crazy, acquaintance oh. of mine in the neighborhood, wrote this scathing article not article but like a a post on facebook about this restaurant he had had an experience in this was a new pizza place locally to us with amazing reviews and he said i went into this place and they were so rude to me and they were rude to my wife and they were the, they kicked me out and they wouldn't serve me. And it was, and he just started a litany of things that make you say, what kind of fucking restaurant is this? You know, he yeah. guess, throws himself around. My friend throws himself around about the way he was treated. And, and it isn't even a restaurant. It's a takeout place. I, the restaurateur said this, and then he got aggressive with me. And then I called back and then he, they got aggressive with my wife and, and i would never go to this place, blah, 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 blah. So for the past three years, I'm thinking to myself, well, that's that. I mean, I'm not going to go there. So then this past, this past couple of months, my kid and I, and I've been watching the Sopranos. I'd never seen it before. And we're right. like deep in, we're deep into the Sopranos. So we constantly say, well, we should get something to eat. We should get something to eat. And I said, you know what? God damn it. Let's try that pizza place. And I said, let's place an order. Let's see how good it is. We'll see how good it is. So we place an order. Nope. They take the order of the phone. Nice. Come in. It's the, your, your order will be ready at 645. I'm like, Great. No problem. And I'm and, I, and my kids, says, I'm going to come with you. So we get in the car and I'm like, look, if they're, if they're rude or they're mean, okay, that's one experience. I said, listen, I'll have material to talk to on the podcast about like the, the best, the best case scenario is awesome pizza. The yep. worst case scenario is I have a story to tell anyway. So it's like, I win it regardless. Yeah. Win, 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 win. We show up to the place. It's in like a strip mall, but a very difficult strip mall to get to. Not No walking traffic whatsoever. The sign is this kind of old school. It's like circus circus font. You know what I'm talking about? It's yep. like a circusy font. It's very much long. It's not like a pizzeria that you would imagine. It's, like a, it's almost like high end. And then you walk in and there's nowhere to stand. There's, there's, like, there's enough 
room to stand in that's maybe for three people. The rest of the kitchen, the rest of the whole kitchen is based around the guy. It's one guy and a woman, and he has this big oven, and then he has created this like, like this whole area just for him. So there's no, and he it writes, there's no eating in, there's it's all takeout only, and then he says no slices. I want a commitment. No slices. Can't go to slices. I want a commitment. All right. So I go in. And I look and I see the guy and he's standing by the pizza, he's making pizzas and it's not crowded. I mean, there's nobody there, so it's not like slammed, you know, and he's got that typical look. He's got the, the wife beater on and suspenders and he's got the eight white apron on and he's got that kind of, you know what a pork pie, pork pie hat is? It's like, I uh, don't think know, so. Well, it's like a, it's like a cowboy hat, but the brim is very small. It's like what, like a, imagine right, yeah, like a, yeah. okay. a jazz, talking about. a jazz trumpeter would wear, yeah. you know what I mean? Like. So fucking Winston Marcellus will wear this hat. Gotcha. So he's kind of a hipster thing going on, everything like that. And then on the big screen TV, he's got, uh, they're playing the Grateful Dead live concert. Okay. So there's nobody in there. And he's in his own place. And, and I go in and I see on the table that they have the, the uh, have you been watching Chef's Table at all? I have not. There's the pizza. There's a whole season about pizza. And one of the things this guy, Chris Bianco, is like the famous pizza guy from, Arizona, he's like the king of pizza and stuff like that, and he makes his own tomato can, tomato, you know, processed tomatoes. Right. And so, so, but the cans, the cans are very like, it's like you're a foodie. If you're a foodie, you know that these cans are from. I even now when you say my, on the table, if there's nowhere to stand, is it's like you know a, on his work table? It's like a counter. He's got a All counter, right. okay. but he doesn't have pizzas. You know, if you go to a lot of pizzerias, they'll have pizzas in a window, and you can they'll reheat them. So again, I'll do that. Yeah. There. So there are cans on the counter, which makes you say, okay, guy's using the, the Bianco tomatoes. I understand. I understand. And then there's a book there by this chef who I sell knives to. One of this, fam- this chef's name is Mark Vetri. It's this famous book called Mastering Pizza or something like that. So I say to myself, I'm looking, I'm like, look, I'm looking around. He's looking like, a, you know, he's the, the, the brilliant, the, the sensitive, brilliant genius. And then he's got all the things that make me think, okay, this is not like your regular slice shop. So then I was like, oh, Mark Vetri. And then all of a sudden I realized, don't say anything. You, you know, we don't want to make a scene at all. We don't want to make a potential for there to be a problem either. Yeah. So the woman says to me, she goes, okay, pay. I, I paid for the pizza. The pizzas were pretty reasonable, $16 for a, a, a whole pie. And that's, you know, that's about as good as you're going to get. Right. And... I, he, I see it says, you know, the dough is 75% fermentated. You know, this guy is like a pizza guy. He's like a nerd, pizza nerd. Yeah. So she says to me, she goes, why don't you guys wait in your car and I'll bring the food out to you? As in like, he doesn't want to be watched. So they're kick, kicking you out. Kicking, well, I know. suggesting me out. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. He doesn't want me to watch. I could, if I could have said like, I'd like to watch what he's, I'd love to watch what the, you know, chef is doing. But I don't, you know, like whatever you want, I'll sit in the car. So we sat in the car. She comes out, brings us the thing. We're driving home. And as we're driving home, I'm, I, she hands us the pizza boxes, and the boxes are brown. They're brown with no, no remarkable notes on them, just brown. And I'm smelling the pizza. I turn to my kid. I'm like, it smells like regular pizza. This does not smell like, you know, it smells like what a pizza smells like. Nothing yeah. special. Like a pizza, takeout pizza. We get it home, and God damn it, this is the best fucking pizza I've had in months. In ye- probably really? years. This goddamn guy has figured out how to make New York style pizza, which is not like what everyone's making this Neapolitan pizza. These small pizzas, the dough is very soft. 
It was like Frank Pepe's. It was like John's of Bleecker Street. This was like high end pizza. And like if Barstool Sports showed up, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, Barstool. Uh, Do you watch the pizza reviews? Oh, I I follow Barstool for Sunday conversation and the pizza reviews. If Dave Port and I walked in this place, and I don't feel like I don't feel I'm not over exaggerating. I would be shocked if he didn't get in the high, in the middle eights. I should be shocked. That's it's big. It's, it's big. It's big numbers because it's, it was light. It was crisp. It was all this stuff. It was so goddamn good. And the first thing I thought of, we ate the whole pizza. Usually we eat a couple slices. We ate the whole goddamn thing. There was nothing left. This pizza was light. You felt great after eating it. And the only thing I could think of is, fuck my friend and fuck those people who's because all of a sudden more people started saying what an asshole he is and how he treats people like shit and stuff like that. You could and have I been thought, eating this two years ago. I could have been eating this. I could have been eating this two years ago. And these goddamn people complaining are spoiled. They don't realize they're not spoiled. They're, they take for granted what good pizza is. And I said to my kid, I said, I told her the whole story. And I said to her, listen, if this guy slapped me in the face, I'd still probably buy the pizza. It's that good. It was unbelievably good. And I can think of is just like these goddamn people, they don't realize how lucky they have a have it having a good pizza here. Just keep your mouth shut and do what he tells you to do and get your goddamn pizza and leave. Sometimes you gotta put up with some shit for some good food. How, would you don't you agree with that? Fuck yeah, there's a place in Amarillo that's a Mexican food restaurant. And the service is just absolutely abysmal. You're lucky if they bring you a drink the first time, and most of the time. Like, if you want a refill, either you don't get it, or you got to get up and get it yourself. And I will still eat there all the time. Isn't it amazing what you'll go through for good food? Hell yeah. How long people wait in line, like at uh, Aaron Franklin's Barbecue Restaurant. Oh, yeah. Have you been there? I have never been there. My folks and my sister and her husband have been there, but I've not eaten there. I, hear I did run into Aaron Franklin in a sushi restaurant in Austin one time, which kind of, you know, makes you think, well, this place ought to be pretty good. You and think? it was. Well, see, that's the, the, the interesting thing about this pizza guy is he also picked it out of the, you know, he writes on his Instagram. And I'm not going to say the name because, you know, like, there's no reason. He does a great job. And if you're a local, if you're a local listening to this podcast, you know exactly who I'm talking about. He, but so back to the, the box. So I said the, the box was plain, plain brown. What's well, because when you open it up, it's a regular standard pizza box. You know, it says, you know, with the chef put, put, pinching his fingers and it says hot pizza here. They, they make the boxes inside out because so, he doesn't want people to see the, those outside of those cheap boxes. Like he wants like a brown box. But the, it's, he's just basically making them inside out. You know what I mean? I feel like the box for a pizza is kind of like a fly fishing reel. That is the least important part of the whole thing. It You're, just doesn't matter. You are right. But he felt the need that he doesn't want to be seen as one of these pizza places that just like a regular pizza place. Pizza places, if you're doing it just a to-go shop, the pizza has to be good to go. And like yeah. these Neapolitan pizzas, it's small, thin, round. It's like very, very, it's become in the past couple number of years very chic. They suck to go. Like they you can't. I mean, they taste terrible to go. Like awful, awful. Is that because the the now Neapolitan? That's the real thin crust, right? 
It's thin in the middle, and then the outside crust is very puffy. Okay, I, I don't do that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's they, you, you see them more and more. You see them more and more, and that's what Dave Portnoy says. He doesn't like them, and I understand why. Because you want it to – that New York style is a little bit crisper, but also it's not – like a, most New York – the problem with New York pizzas, and I get people in my inbox saying that New York pizza is overrated. 60% of pizzas in New York – are not great. They're usually thick. The bread, the dough is very bready. It's a little heavy. It's nothing to write home about. However, pizza is still, on the, I mean, still great. But the really great ones, great pizza places stand above, above and beyond. This guy is above and beyond. And it, and it makes me think if he was in any place else, like in our town, if he was in our town, he would be destroyed by traffic. The problem is, is I saw on his Instagram, he's just like, I like to be, it's just me. I want it to be the owner. I want to make all the pizza. I, and the, the phones go on at three o'clock. Don't call beforehand. And we don't do slices. I need a commitment from you. And it's all these rules and regulations. And it was just this funny experience because I'm just like, and at the end of it, I'm, th I'm, ready to, I'm ready to be like, you know, what the fuck? This guy's such an asshole. This pizza's not good. This guy could have slapped me around a little bit and I would have been like, I like I'll this see you next week. Style. He's a he delicate laid, genius. He laid, lays down the rules right up front. Like, you know, don't call before three. Yeah. No waiting. There's not no, a he chair says, for you to sit in to wait for your pizza. Go sit in your car. He says, this is the way says, I do business. And if you don't want my delicious pizza, then fuck away off. Yeah. But it's like, he's not in a town where being a prick is going to help business. Like these people are like, I mean, there's like a, there's like a written campaign of saying on, on Facebook of saying how much of a dick this guy is. I don't give a shit how much of a dick this guy is. The pizza's so goddamn good. He can be as big a dick as possible. Fine. I don't care. That makes sense to me. I don't have to be his friend. I just want his goddamn pizza. The prices are unbelievably good. The pizza's done. He made a Detroit style pizza, which was like a deep dish pizza. It was fucking awesome. Like this pizza was remarkably good to the I point where I'm like. I don't think I like a Detroit style pizza. It's like Detroit style is like Sicilian. I, know, I don't think I'd like that either. I, I essentially want my pizza on a cracker. Uh, well, then this is the pizza for you. See, I like that too. That's like the New York style, like coal-fired pizza. I, I'm with you 100%. But it's funny because I, the funny part was when you were talking about these weird instances with your local convenience store. I had two weird instances with two restaurants right after. One, two, one, two, three. However, my kid said to me, she's like, this is what you do. Like you, you make things difficult, but I didn't really, I mean, I didn't say anything to the pizza guy. Cause I honestly, I just didn't want to get, you know, banned. Frankly, yeah. it was like, it was like Seinfeld pizza, the, the a, soup Nazi soup Nazi. Yeah. And I, I, I was prepared to, you know, whatever you did, whatever you say, I just want your goddamn pizza. I don't know. Yeah. Here. So and what so else? How, so y'all, y'all will be going back there. I tell Oh, you. this is the pizza place. Now I have a, my friend has a pizzeria, well, a pizza restaurant in town that we'll go and eat at. But my friend don't make as good a pizza as this. I mean, I know two guys who make pizza in town. I know two pizza guys in town. I know both well. One of them is a very close friend. He don't make as good a pizza as my as this fucking asshole. A pizza asshole is the well, fucking man. Well, maybe if he laid down more ground rules, he, he could concentrate more on just making his delicious pizza. I don't think and he it would can. Be I don't think it's the ground rules. I think this guy is the fucking man. I think the guy knows he's the man, and he is just waiting for Dave Portnoy to take the fucking Harlem Hudson line up to fucking town and go check him out because he might be a guy that wouldn't want Dave to come by. No, 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 no. no. He follows. He follows. Dave Portnoy makes and breaks pizzerias. I actually just have a customer I'm working on a set of knives who just got an eight point seven. 
and he makes fucking pizza in Arkansas. And he's really? from New York. He's from New York. He's a uh, he's he's my guy. He's my guy. He 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 makes pizza. He ordered a set, and then he sent me the link. And all of a sudden, I'm like, "There's my guy." He, he, and Dave Portnoy was like, "I never thought I'd do this, but 8.7 in Arkansas." So Damn. shout out to Deluca's Pizza in Arkansas. That's a monster. I like Dave Portnoy. I, I like the pizza reviews. And frankly, frankly, a lot of people think, "Oh, you shouldn't do this." His his number his scaling system on on reviewing is really good. Like he I it's like, like it's I think that I mean the stuff he does in New York he's very good. It, it's a very very good reviewing system, and I think you know he, and, and it's kind of one of those things you can't base everything off of one review because he might you know he doesn't like Neapolitan pizza and some other people might and those always get lower reviews because of it. Right. So. But he tends to like the same style of pizza that I like. Yeah. And he, so I want to go to the places that he scores high. Me too. The two places, I mean, I see the problem is for me is I got spoiled. My sister lived down the street from John's Bleecker Street. So when my parents were divorced and I was at my sister's house all the time, we would go to John's Bleecker Street all the time. So I got spoiled by having, you know, he his, his score for, for John's is like a 9.3. Yeah. Or 9.7 or something. It's as perfect as possible. And I got spoiled on that shit. So, like, you know, that's the hard part is the fact that I've been spoiled. Frank Pepe's unbelievable wherever in New now, Haven. John's on Bleecker Street. Is that the one that's like a coal-fired pizza oven? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, dude. That pl- Will you come to New York? We're going to John's. I actually, All right. when, when, when I get messages uh, on, uh, for when I have this thing where if you go on to Forge and Fire, and you, I think it's because of you, actually, you and I talked about this and you, when you were on Forge and Fire and you, you didn't make it past a certain night, you were like sitting in your room drinking. And no, I said, I, I wouldn't you No, know, what did you, what did you do? Cause I got kicked off second. And so the other guy that was with me, he just had to sit around that got kicked off first. But and I think told there was somebody that. else that we talked about that had, I can't remember. Well, you and I talked about this, and I said, "God damn it! They send they send all these people to Connecticut, and New York, and then they got nothing to do." And I said, after this our conversation, I said, "If you're on this show, and you get stuck, and you want to do something, get an extra day, I will give you an alt- uh, a itinerary. No questions asked. Don't write me anything. Don't tell me anything. Just write. I'm stuck in 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 Stanford. What should I do? I'll give you an itinerary. I have given this itinerary out to probably 16 people. They send me a message saying I'm in." I'm in Stanford. I don't know what to do. I give them. Tra- I'll give them a train schedule. I'll give them places to go. Highline, and I'll always send them to Johns. Always right. send them to Johns. Johns is like that's it because I want people to have a good understanding. Because I get people get chirp at me about how shitty New York pizza is. Some New York pizza is not good. You know, period. That's fine. You know, some of this is like you know bullshit. You know, it's Ray Barros and and uh, you know all that nonsense. Some but Mexican the, food in Texas is not good. Yes, this is this is a fact. This is a fact. And and funny enough, I was thinking about uh, food reviewing in general. And the funny thing is, is like Dave Portnoy has made this kind of. It started out. It seemed like an obscure rating system in terms of when he gives points. but I mean he's done so many and it seems so in line with his move that it's crazy so now all these 
influ food influencers, they're always giving these these reviews, and it's always oh, I give it a seven point two, or this is a seven point one. All these arbitrary numbers be because of it seems like for barstool sports. How many pizza joints do you think he's reviewed? Hundreds, thousands. I would say probably. Well, I mean, it seems like I was going to say like five hundred. I would say probably more than that. Think? Because, I mean, yeah, I would think that he, like, hits a lot of places because it's such a huge thing. I think I think he's done more than that. I mean, oh, yeah. I know he's yeah, done I, a lot. And I think kind of with what you're saying is if you're if you've reviewed 20 restaurants, you don't get to use the decimal system. Yeah. The decimal I kind of feel like you've got to have had more than that to where, you know, You've got to be able to like fit that number in between the two because it's, you know, two that you've already reviewed, and that's where you start getting into the decimal system. Well, he makes it makes a lot of sense for his reviews because he's only reviewing a, a cheese pizza pie, yeah, no, nothing else. That's it. So for him to have those numbers, I respect that. I respect that. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of of Dave Portnoy in general. I mean, I'm not a really a gambler, but I, I I respect what he's done, and I respect yeah. what he's done as like for restaurants and stuff. And um, I just know that he just makes and breaks rush. I mean, makes and breaks. He makes pizza places like pizza places like get crushed every time he reviews them. And there's a place by my where my wife works. I think it's called Johnny's and Yonkers, and that got a nine point three. And I was just wow. Like, I got it. We got to get a pizza there. And my wife's like, I'm not going over there to get, I'm not bringing pizza back. I'm like, maybe I should drive down. It's almost like an hour drive. I'm like, do I drive two hours for this pizza? Do I do it? And I'm always thinking about it, but there you go. See, and you people are not drivers like we are. Yeah. Like I, you know, it's an hour to Amarillo and that's if we want to go have a decent meal other than at the Thai food place, we've got to go to Amarillo. And so it's just no big deal to drive in, go eat and come back. Would you do that on like a Friday night? Oh yeah. Would you do it in a spur of the moment? Uh, before we had kids, definitely. That's a big commitment. So you would just go to a restaurant an hour away and then come right back. Oh yeah. Damn. That's a strong move. We will. I mean, our, our local options are so limited. Yeah. That if you do want something, Better than Pizza Hut, which I will not eat at. It's not good. It's horrible. It gives you mud butt every time. <laughs> and by mud butt, I do mean diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, I figured that. I figured that out. I figured that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm about. I won't, to, I won't eat there tomorrow. Actually, I'm. I'm. I'm more excited about the restaurant I'm going to tomorrow than I have been in a long time. I'm going to go see the Knicks at Madison Square Garden with my yeah. high school friend. The Knicks are on a nine-win streak. They just beat the. They came back last night. They were behind like 15 points, and they came back to beat the Celtics in Boston, which was an, which is a real team. The Celtics are a real team, and the the. And I'm going to go in tomorrow night in the fucking garden is going to go crazy Who are, the, you said they're playing the celtics no they're, they're playing the hornets and they're the hornets are the second worst team in the, in the league right now okay uh, or in their division so i'm so pumped to go and we're going to go to a steak joint 
we're going to go to a steak joint, and um, it's called Wolfgang's. We were supposed to go to Keene's. We couldn't get a reservation in time, so we're going to Wolfgang's. And Wolfgang was, I guess, the head waiter at Peter Luger's, which is this famous Brooklyn, Brooklyn Steakhouse. So no, no relation to the puck. No, none. No, this is the this guy. Basically, I, I'm I'm just saying this because it sounds like it. He just he learned everything he did at Peter Luger's and just took it and he started his own restaurant. And apparently, the reviews are really good. However, I did watch a review where this guy was eating the steak, and one one of the things that these reviewers do is they'll take a bite of the steak and they'll make this. They'll scrunch up their eyes like they're angry and they'll make this. Mmm. You know these over exact all these food reviewers make these over exaggerated faces and moans and stuff like that and that i can do without that i can so do when you're going to a restaurant like wolfgang's do you right. look at the menu beforehand and kind of kind of start like getting an idea of what you're going to have you are you're very astute and it's i wouldn't normally except for i don't go to stay i go to steakhouse once a year and i kind of want to know what they're known for like I, if I go to a, like a, I don't go to a lot of fancy restaurants and I go to a lot of steakhouses. I'm going to get something that they're known for. I remember my dad once went to a really nice restaurant and he got what they're not known for. And he told me about it. I was just like, why would you do that? Why would you, why would you get something that they're not known for? Why would you get, you know, some bullshit that yeah. it might not be so good. So I was looking at what they're known for and I'm just trying to, and I'm making the decisions based on reviews of I'm going to get what they're known for. So and what are they known for? Well, they do a sirloin, a New York sirloin's, uh, New York sirloin that is like almost identical to the way Peter Luger's did it. They have like a filet mignon. Forget it. I don't want. I have teeth. I don't, I don't need. I don't uh, want a filet. Yeah, I don't want to fuck that shit. And they have a ribeye, and it's just like, yeah, ribeye's an easy choice. I, they're known for this this New York sirloin that they do under the broiler, and the the, the guy serves you table side, and it's a, it's a whole big production. So I'm gonna go with that. And then they do some German potato salad, something like that. I'm gonna do or hash brown or something like that. So the answer is for this situation, yes. And then when I took my guys down to Nam Hua, uh, this famous Chinese food place, which was incredible Chinese food, I did look ahead and say I looked and see what they're known for. But I don't really, not often. But I don't eat out as often either. So I, I very seldom will look at a menu before I go. If I'm going to a steak place, it's just pretty well guaranteed I'm going to get a ribeye because that is, I mean, that is what I like. Yeah. But then I can get real excited about the appetizers. What's your app? What's your go-to steakhouse appetizer? Oh, it, it, it depends. It depends on the steakhouse. Uh, and I can't think of any, like I can think of the SW Steakhouse in Vegas, which is a hell of a restaurant. And I can't think of an appetizer just right off the top of my head that I've had there. Well, but most of these things. Foie gras and uh, occasionally oysters. And I try to get oysters pretty often. Yeah. Because if once you get away from Amarillo, then you can start sampling like a variety of different oysters instead of just like blue points or Gulf oysters. Yeah. Are there a lot of oysters in the, in, in the Gulf of Mexico? Yeah, and they're all right. Like you know, down in New Orleans, they've got the oh, yeah. oyster bar, and you know they're all Gulf oysters, and they're all right. They're inexpensive and good, but they're not like some of these other ones from you know the Northeast or the Northwest that are right. You know, just have a different flavor. I I I don't I don't know what I'm gonna. I mean, you know, you look at these steakhouses and the classic ones, these shrimp cocktail and wedge salad and all that shit. I don't no. really worry so much no. about that. I'm gonna try to not 
like die when I get to Madison Square Garden because I don't I don't my my meat intake is very very low, so I'm just hoping that I'd like I don't overdo it, which I most likely will. But I'm very excited about <clears throat> I'm very excited I'm very excited to go see the Knicks tomorrow and eat a steak with my high school friend. It's like a new tradition that I love. Awesome. His kids the same age as mine. He's got a kid going to college. I got a kid going to college. We kind of reminisce about you know the old days and it's like a New York thing. You know we're two New Yorkers going to see going to Madison Square Garden, which is the greatest stadium ever. And if when the Knicks are going to win tomorrow night, that's just it. I mean against the Hornets. I mean they can they have to beat the Hornets. And if it's a, it's a ten a ten game win streak and they win in the Garden, the fucking crowd is going to go bananas. So I'm very excited about that. How was your visit with Will Stelter? Will Stelter came. Uh, Will Stelter was good. It's good. He's we. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you what we we made, which okay. is not actually quite finished yet. But it's kind of along the lines of the handbill. It is uh, something oh, yeah. funny and useless. I love that hammer that you made. That the the hammer head is an anvil. That thing is sl- slick. I uh, yeah, it's it's kind of of a shame to have punched a hole in it. I don't think so. Because it was a really nice little anvil. It looks great. And we we defiled it with a hole. No, I think that's a good defiling. No, it was good. You know that that kid. He's just always pleasant, super pleasant, nice to be around, and it's just and it's damn sure handy in a shop. There you go. I wish I was as handy at pretty much anything at that age as he is now. Yeah, he's pretty pretty rare. He's a pretty rare person. Yeah. Being that kind of like with it at such a young age. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the next 20 years. You know, I, of... I, he doesn't seem like the type that'll get burnt out and just quit. No. Because he, you know, he's kind. Of, he's got his whole YouTube set up, and he kind of can do the things that he just wants to do there, and then make knives at his own pace. And and is can I? I just think he'll keep getting better. I feel like he could have done like, if he'd done a little bit of military, I think he could have been like real Captain America. You know, like he's got the, he's got the. He needs a little super soldier serum, and then yeah, you make that face I a little less that. childlike, and then. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I think you got the real Captain America right there. Yeah, his pants would be a little less tight. <laughs> yeah, his pants would be a lot less tight. The old, yeah, his pants would be a lot less tight. Yeah, his pants, his britches are painted on. <laughs> Captain America. Well, listen, we have weird news, or we could do whatever you want. Let's hear some weird news. I always like that. So last week, and and you know we we can we don't have to redo the stuff we did last week, but uh, last where we left off last uh, the last episode is a man was crushed to death under a urinal in London. Um, that was where we left off. But I have new stuff, and I have some old things. If you want to revisit, um, I, whatever. Let's go I will, through the new stuff, and then we may have to revisit one or two. Well, I got a lot of stuff, so we can review. Uh, so what happens is I'll read you the thing, and then I'll try to whip through. And we can, you know, if you want to, we can just fool around. We don't have to, it doesn't, don't, I don't want to do too much reading. Some of these things I get, I get bogged down with the reading. So first thing is, do you know what Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos? I do know of those. So Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos have to be relocated because they won't stop fucking. Did you hear that one? I have not heard about that. All right. This comes from Vice Magazine. Uh, the descendants of Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos. So Pablo Escobar of Colombia, 
famous, infamous tra uh, drug trafficker. I guess he brought hippos to his area, and there's now like a lot of giant hippos like yeah. roaming around. So uh, the descendants of Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos are set to be flown to new homes in India and Mexico in an attempt to control the booming population. Scientif scientists say that the 4,000-pound beasts won't ha stop having sex, and they've taken over Colombia's waterways, poisoning wildlife with their toxic urine and feces. The plan to transfer 70 of the hippos comes with risks as relocate 70. 70? 70. Wow. 70 of those fucking monsters. You know they got to be inbred, too. Oh, 100%. You, what do you think? You had like 10 fucking hippos? You probably had two. That's these what are, I was thinking. These are like, these. yeah, these are super duper. I mean, their eyeballs are right next to each other. These, <laughs> these, these, these hippos. These hippos, these hippos <laughs> got one tooth, and their eyes are right next to each other. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You are dead on with that. <laughs> with their toxic urine feces. These, look, these, these inbred hippos are like, are just complete destroyers. The plan to transfer 70 of the hippos comes with risks as relocating animals means uh, moving their pathogens and moving their pathogens and viruses, which local governor uh, explained in an interview with a Columbia uh, outlet is why they couldn't send the hippos back to their native home as they risk more harm than good. So these things are, you know, whatever they have in them are going to, you know, could be like COVID-2023. 20, the goal is to take them to to countries where their institutions have the the capacity to receive them, uh, and uh, properly and control their reproduction. All of this seems incredibly necessary. Nature Journal warned that if the hippos have too much sex, the population could boom ten times to fifteen hundred in twenty years. Fifteen hundred. That's entirely too many inbred hippos. <laughs> I mean, they ain't gonna get more bread. I mean, they're gonna get worse. These fucking you know, things. I, I have dealt with a fair, you know, more animals than your average person. I would exotic too. I cannot imagine trying to corral an inbred hippopotamus. <laughs> like, how do you go about that? You it's tell me. Like, I, I, you I, tell I don't me. Know. Well, think about. It. I mean, I so guess how, tranquilize the a gun, and then maybe you like net them and and have to haul them out with a a Huey helicopter. I don't know. Well, I mean, what's the biggest animal that you've had to wrangle? <sighs> Probably bulls. Bulls, and 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 they're, and they're just like—I mean, how big does a bull get? Uh, thousand, twelve hundred pounds, maybe on the, right. on the on the real big ones. They said a four thousand pound fucking hippo. What the fuck do you do? I don't know, like you know, and it's seventy. Point, really, you have these these hippopotami. What's the plural of hippopotamus? Uh, yeah, hippopotami sounds about right. All right, that you have these hippopotami that their gene pool is just deep enough to dip a toe in. <laughs> Where do they take them, yeah. and why would you want those mongoloids reproducing <laughs> elsewhere? This is a bad. This is a. This is a bad. This is a bad group. This is a very bad group. As a terrible species. It's a terrible species. I mean, you don't. You don't want them to procreate, anyways. But well, you'd think that. You know, Why with, would they not dispose of them? 
you'd think that like there would be like poacher. You'd think that somebody would try to eat one. I, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, like how come? I mean, how come they can't? Four thousand think- pounds of hippopotamus makes a lot of lot of hippopotamus roast. Yeah, like gumbo, whatever, or what? I, the whole thing sounds bizarre. I don't even know why Pablo Escobar wanted hippopotamuses. Because Hippopotami. he just had he had a lot of money. Did you ever read any of the books about him? Not much. I've I've seen some shows about him, but I hadn't read anything. Scary, 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 scary guy. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, goddamn, goddamn. Uh, so there you go. So let's we'll we'll keep on. We'll see what happens with these inbred hippopotamus. They ain't getting any. They ain't getting any better. <laughs> they ain't getting smarter. That's for sure. No, the eyes are no, getting closer are. and closer. Their, their eyes aren't getting any further apart. <laughs> no, they're getting close. They're gonna be a cyclops in a minute. You're gonna have a cyclops. <laughs> You have some psych- one tooth, one eyed hippopotamus roaming around Columbia, <laughs> bumping into trees and knocking over shit. Fucking God. Everywhere. Yeah. Toxic. Toxic. You know, and those things are just mean as hell, too. I like, hear that they, they are horribly mean. They're vi- I hear that they like can cut you in half when they bite you. I think they can swallow people whole. God. But I'm dead serious. A- like, a, you know, a child for sure. Oh, for sure. But I would think, like, I don't know, a ten-year-old kid, twelve-year-old kid. Right there was a video of a guy in a like a a boat, and a hippopotamus ran from the shore and went into the water and started motoring towards him. Yeah, and he's trying to take off, and I'm just like, "What's this goddamn monster going to do to him?" Have you ever seen a baby hippopotamus? No, but we have cute, but weirdly cute little animal and small. The only time I, my dad, when my parents got divorced, my dad took me on what we what we referred to as the, "I'm sorry I divorced your mom" world tour, and he took me to Kenya. Kenya, he called it Kenya, I, whatever Kenya, and we did go on safari in the Maasai Mara, and we did come up on some elephants that were not happy to see us. Yeah, and it got a little bit tense. It Those got a little African bit tense. Elephants are. They're the real deal. And then they got tense, and then there was a mo- other op- there was other moments where they were telling us keep your eye out for the water buffalo. The Cape water buffalo are the most vicious in this area, and we probably won't bump into any hippopotamuses, but those are bad too. It's like God damn it. And there was one part where my dad, where with the safari guy, wanted to show us how we can drive through this creek bed, and we got the fucking you know Land Rover stuck. And my dad was like, you don't have to do that for us. You don't have to do that for us. And he's like, no, 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 I want to show you how good this... He gets his fucking stuck in the... And he's like, okay, why don't you guys walk back to the camp? And my dad is like, we're walking back. He and I are walking back on this... Did you gun? No, I didn't fucking anything. And my dad says, we're walking back. It's starting to get dark. They're telling... They're no giving us any guides. He's like, just walk that way. There's a path you can follow. We are in the Maasai Mara. And my dad is just like... All he is saying is... If you get eaten by a lion, your mother's going to kill me. That's all he has. To say. That's the only thing he said the whole fucking way. He's like like a mantra. Oh, if you get eaten, your mother's going to kill me. Your mother's going to kill me. Your mother's going to kill me. Like, well, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to be you're worried about you. You're not I'm going to be fucking the dead. Situation any better, dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you get and then and then and then at night we were afraid to go to the bathroom and he says I gotta go to the bathroom but I'm afraid I'm, uh, a snake's gonna bite me and and he's like oh, what are we gonna do and he's like if you get bitten by a snake your mother's gonna kill me everything is what's gonna happen to him if something happens to me so there you go there you go I have no experience with any kind of animals the only animals the biggest animal I've had any experience with was when we, I was with Jonathan Porter 
And I went to with him one day when I was teaching classes down at Dog's Doghouse, Warden. He took me to some of his ranches, and those horses scared me, frankly. And and it's maybe I don't know nothing about them, but one of them got an erection and started to beat its erection onto its own stomach. And I was like, "What is he doing?" And Jonathan turns to me, he's like, "He likes you." And I'm like, "All right, well, that's that." <laughs> I was like, "You know, yeah, I guess I I didn't think about wrangling horses, but I I mean, I just kind of don't. I feel like they don't really count." Have you ever wrangled like a wild horse? Uh, I've messed with some some young colts that were unbroke, but not not like a mustang or anything like that. How do you break a horse? Slowly. I what? I am not the best person to begin to do that. Uh, I've done it with limited success. But, you know, you start out with a halter on it, running it around a ring, and you, you kind of get to you where you stand in relation to a horse kind of puts pressure on them. So then you, they start learning, you know, if I'm standing here, that means you're going to turn left. Or if I'm standing over here, you're going to turn right. If I stand in front of you, you're going to stop. And then once they stop, you back off, and it relieves that pressure that they feel from you. And then that then starts to correlate into using a bit and spurs and saddle and all of, all of that. How it's, often it, how, it's give and take. How often do you ride a horse? Um uh, not as much anymore. Once every couple of months. Do you love I'm it? I'm probably going to have to fork one tomorrow. I'm missing a calf that I had this morning and now I don't. Oh, so, so you I'll have probably to probably go prowl around try to find it and get it reunited with mama. Wow, that's intense. Ah. It's 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 not that intense. It's kind of just wandering around and thinking thoughts and looking around. Do you like? No. Would you ride a horse instead of drive a like a jeep or something because you get more? Why? What would we, why would you use a horse over a jeep? Because uh, I can go places that I can't. Right. In a ranger or right. jeep or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're worse. We've got so much brush around here that like you can't really get off the roads unless you're a foot or a horseback. And so to like go find a missing animal, they're not going to, odds are they're not going to be on a road. Right, right, right. And so you got to get out. You can't be stuck. Now, other animals, like we had some elon, which is, I think it's the second largest antelope that there is. And they're African. And I had to, I had some dealings with them and they were some mean bastards and they would come at you from a long ways off and they were you know a thousand pounds big long sharp straight horns they charge you yeah what do you do run run what else are you gonna do i don't know stand stand there and take it no for sure not (laughs) so so what about the elk do are the elk nice or they Uh, mean to you know kind of just steer clear of you they're scared of people those eland they i mean they didn't have any fear of of man really and they also didn't survive the winters very well yeah which didn't hurt my feelings a whole lot at that point <laughs> well, that's what you get for charging yeah. you, i'm not giving you a fucking sweater either you fucks yeah i, I i'm not going to kill you but i'm not going to save you either yeah <laughs> and you know the thing is like all those animals like that there's it's winter. There's nothing you can do. You can't go put a put a blanket on them and snuggle them and tell them it's going to be all right and give them some some cocoa. I mean, there's just they go downhill and then that's it. It's not like unlike uh, the cocaine hippos. 
those fuckers, cocaine hippos. Those like, fuckers you know, love cow, it down if there. I, if I've got a cow that I've got an issue with, I can go catch them and put them in the barn and keep them kind of warmer and make sure that they're take, taken care of better. But the, all that game, the game animals, there's, there's none of that. Huh. What's the weirdest thing you have on that farm? Uh, currently, it's some scimitar horned oryx. Jesus. Which are native to uh, part of Africa are they from? They're kind of desert dwellers more than like the Serengeti or anything like that, as far as I'm I'm pretty sure. And what do they all... just kind of, they just kind of stand around and eat and they're they've got they're another one that's got kind of of a it's called a scimitar horned orcs because it's got like a straight swept back horns uh but they also their horns don't do good in the winter like they'll get frostbite right around the base and they'll snap them off and they don't grow back like an antler will huh that's weird but we've had we've had some other we've had fallow deer and japanese psycho deer which i i really like they're kind of a small cute neat little deer that are and, and not you... just the most wild, but they're they're really curious. Like if you sit still for a long time and they're close, eventually they're going to come up and investigate you. And they're little, right? Yeah. Huh. And what do they eat? You you bring them some grass or something, or I just I you know I, we run deer feeders out here with protein in them and corn, just kind of help supplement them through the winter. Uh, they they come and they'll kind of clean up hay that the cows have eaten or left and then just grass weeds sticks have any of the animals that you guys have brought in worked out remarkably better than you thought uh those psycho deer generally do pretty good the elk do pretty decent you know it also kind of varies where you bring them in from and what time of year so it in the winter time if we were going to get some elk we would want to get them from north of where we are. So they're coming from a colder climate and going to have an easier time adjusting in the warmer climate here. And if you do that in like, if you get some from South Texas in the winter, they're going to come up here and just freeze to death. Hmm. And so you, you try to do those in the summer. Uh, so they can acclimate. Uh, but the odd ad, which we've discussed before that are native to the Atlas mountains in Morocco that the government put out in like the fifties or sixties, we have some here. They just flourished in the Paladura Canyon, which we're part of. So you, they're they're all breeding. You having a lot of those animals are breeding. Ideally, huh? Anyone like any population spikes like those fucking hippopotamuses? Uh, no. The feral pigs are the bad one around here for that, right? And they right. just decimate peanut fields and you know all kinds of crop fields they're just terrible and they can they can start breeding at i think six months of age the gestation period is three months oh my god they can have four litters a year of like up to 12 piglets oh my god they're just a mess i was watching this video and uh it was in japan about this island of people who are being overrun by these vicious pigs that would attack them yeah. Jesus. Yeah, uh, I knew a guy that got 
was putting out hay. You know, we put out these big round bales at 1,800 pounds of hay and the round flat ends. Guy put a bale out for his cows and there's a net around him and he went out to cut the net off and a pig came out and ran him up onto that bale of hay and kept him there, would not let him down for like six hours till somebody what? else drove by and shot it. Jesus. And How often? They're off... not rabid, they're just mean. They have rabies? No. No, they're not rabid. They're just mean. So how often do you see a feral pig? Uh, depends on how, how, if I'm looking for them, but fairly regularly, you know, whenever Stelter came out here, we were driving to the house, uh, Pinecone and Stelter and I were driving to the house from the barn. He'd been here about 15 minutes and we ran onto a little herd of them and he got to util utilize his weapon for the first time, really. Huh. And what do you do with them? What do you do with them afterwards? I know you said that you can't really eat them. I, I don't eat them. I'll just leave them. And, you know, the thing about those that's crazy is, like, coyotes and stuff really don't eat them. The pigs eat, eat the pigs. Ugh, gross. Cannibals. Well, let's keep going. Right. I'll, read, I'll read off some more stories, and you tell me if this is something that sounds good to you. Here's one. A plane spends 16 hours in the air and ends back at the same New Zealand airport. This was a, a very. This would be a story of frustration. Yeah, I'm not wild about that. Just the backstory is they went in the air. There was a problem, and after being in the air for fucking eight hours, they had to turn back another eight hours back to the same guy. So sixteen hours in the air just to go down to the same goddamn hotel. I have uh, got a bit of a fear of flying. I don't. So I just don't like hearing about plane stories a whole lot. I've gotten a lot worse. I, I've, I've. When I was a kid, I used to love flying. Same. And then I don't know what the fuck happened, but like when the takeoff, I'm got my fucking fingers are clutching the thing and I hate turbulence more than anything else. I can't get comfortable. It's and, landing um, that scares me because huh. I'm strapped. I'm strapped in a metal tube hauling ass and I'm aimed at the ground. It's and not that guy in charge of that metal tube at the time, actual time you're landing. He can't see the ground. Right. I mean, he is flying blind at that point. I'm not the good most at critical flying. point of landing. He's I, blind. I just bought my tickets to go to Barcelona for the Florentine Kitchen Knives event, and I specifically get the, I get the overnight flight. So I'll get on the plane at five in the morning, five at night, and then it'll be an overnight, and I'll knock myself out, and then I'll it'll arrive in Barcelona at six in the morning. So hopefully hopefully the skies are nice and clear over the atlantic and i can just sleep the whole time yeah. because i just don't want anything to do with it i hate i hate flying i hate oh, it oh it's the worst okay the sperm here's another one sperm extraction machine invented for men who are embarrassed to masturbate in hospitals nothing i, I mean i got i got thoughts percolating but they're they're well, I don't think it's recreational masturbation. I think it's usually for like, okay. you know, I would imagine that it was, you know, if you have to get a vasectomy, they need a, they need a service. They need All a, right, if you're going to have to. They need a specimen. So they created machines to help, which just sounds like a lot of horse shit. I mean, what dude can't jerk off in a bathroom? I, that's kind of what I was thinking. Especially when it's encouraged. If it's similar to the, uh, the bull semen extractor. Well, it's up to you. I, let's let's, let's right. go with it. Let's go with it. This is from the lad Bi the lad Bible. It looks like well, I'll send. I'll just send you. I'll send the article to you so you can see. Does it, it look like, like a little mouth? 
Um, I'm going to send it to you right now, and then you can make a decision on what it looks like. But I would read it. So, for some people, masturbation is difficult, both do it, uh, both to do and to discuss. While some men will never get comfortable with feeling, uh, okay, this this anxiety is magnified tenfold when they have to drop trout, a strange setting. Uh, if you are ever found yourself at a donor center looking f- to offer a bit of yourself to the world, you may have noticed the sanitized setting of a medical room isn't quite the mojo starter you might have thought. So it can be a little tricky to get yourself ready for actions. Well, somebody over in China have come up with a genius way of removing the uh, embarrassment by creating a robot vagina. Yep, that's it's what I said. It's not very vagina, yes. No, no, it isn't. It's, um, no, but, uh, kind of like a donut. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, everything about it's not good. So, I mean, I don't, we don't even have to go. I mean, that's all there was to it is like, I would like to see the rest of the machine. Is it like a, I mean, so it's, it's this pink tube. (laughs) <laughs> that looks like it's got like a half inch flange around the top of it that's, yeah. that's kind of square like it doesn't look comfortable no and i would assume it's made out of some soft material or maybe just the soft material is on the inside All right but i guess you just go up and start humping it <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you just go to humping away at this yeah, the, and the, it's in the, some sort of white housing yeah wall and do you think that there's a person in inside of it with just like a cup ready uh no, I don't think that no, I don't think this is a live action situation. Uh according to uh, a doctor of urology, he says uh the device is much more efficient than masturbation and there are some still some weaknesses for instance it cannot truly stimulate the temperature and okay, I understand. It doesn't it's not like having it's not like a vagina. Uh the device not may not fit well compared to human beings. It's made out of plastic and metal. So, and it looks like a little podium. Right. I, I mean, I assume that's a screen on the top. I will say this: it's crazy that they built this. It's crazy that somebody Some said are not necessary. It's crazy that they said we're having a real hard time uh, harvesting human sperm. We need to come up with a machine. I, I when I was, uh, I had you know, without going too far into it, I did get a vasectomy when I was uh, a little bit younger, not younger than I am now, and I had no problem providing a, a sample and i didn't i don't even rem, i can't remember if i had to provide a sample in the hospital or not i may or may not have had to just bring it with me so i didn't feel the need to suggest i've had, I've had to do more of that we had a really hard time getting pine cone right and so i have given my fair share of samples but did you have you to know, do, did you do a it a little bit but it, it's not enough that i'd say i had a hard time at all I I would imagine I'm speaking from not totally remembering, not totally remembering if I had to provide there or bring with. I don't think I had to bring with. I do have. They did. They did test you before and after the yeah. the, the just to make sure you ain't got any swimmers. Yeah. And I believe that I may have had to do it there. I don't think I came back. I do, and I would think that thinking back to my feelings about it, you know. Being with yourself is not a necessarily a socially, you know, experiment, a socially acceptable situation, except for when they tell you we need you to do this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, it's for science. 
I have no choice. This is for my own health and the health of my family. Might I must, as well enjoy it. I must do this here. And I you it removes the shroud of of it being weird. I, I don't know. It's just maybe I shouldn't have even read this story, frankly. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't think it's that weird anyways. It's it's weird that they somebody was just like, you know. Oh yeah, you, that part, yes. But I'm saying, you know, the act of it. I don't necessarily think I would think that mo I think that it would probably be I think that what would go through most I don't know what the mind of of a patient is in China but I would imagine somebody's being like I'm going to fuck that thing you know it's like I don't need to be asked twice you mean I get to stick my penis in that I really Yeah I would rather that sounds do it great. myself than stick my pecker in a podium Well You'd think that maybe it would be a new experience, but at the same time, you're just like, is it how clean is it? Is it what are they? How are they doing this? Is one per person? And do do I have to wait for it to warm up from my body heat, or is it already pre- prematurely warm? There's a lot of there's a lot of issues. I think we've I think we've said enough. Probably too much. Um, there's uh, all right. So I'm gonna read some more stories, and we'll see where it goes. Right. Horrific reality TV show once tortured a man for 15 months. Yeah. Nothing but special. Yeah. Fuming tan, fuming tanning salon owner is left disgusted after a, a customer urinates on the sunbed. I have heard that tanning salons are disgusting. What have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. People roll the dice in a tanning bed. And it comes up craps fairly regularly. What what is your what is the uh, <laughs> what is what is the thing that you're not hoping to get at the tanning salon? Uh, fecal matter. Oh Jesus Christ! Are you kidding me? No, I'm dead serious. Like people people fart and they roll the dice and it they they shit and they don't like do a very good job of cleaning it up. You've heard this? I've heard this. Oh my God. So this yeah. is not an abnormal situation. No, I don't think so. <sighs> tanning beds. I don't know. I've never done a tanning bed. I've never even thought. Of it. One friend of mine used to tell me when, before you go on vacation, you should go to a tanning parlor so you don't get you know burnt on a vacation. But I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I could just be more careful. I, I just slather lots of sunscreen on. I uh, we don't need to go any farther than this. That just sounds disgusting. <laughs> We've already the last two the last two ones have been questionable. Uh world's cheapest millionaire lives on cat food to save money. Well, you don't get to be a millionaire by you know just wasting money on things like food. I that reminds me when I was at the Center for Metal Arts and we were re- renovating this monstrous estate. We were doing these incredible railings, incredible gates that we had to get rent we had to rent tractors and we had to have forklifts and we had to have boom cranes and we had, it was a whole big production. The guy was, it was right on the Hudson River. This was a multi million dollar mansion and he was so cheap. And my boss said to me, he's like, I don't understand it. This guy's got so much goddamn money and he's so, so goddamn cheap. I don't know what the fuck. And I said to him, look, rich people are rich because they don't give their own money away, you know? So now eating cat food, I like, could you survive on ramen? Ramen would have to be cheaper, like just. I don't think I don't think there's enough nutrition in ramen to keep you alive, because it's all just sodium, right? I guess. 
like, couldn't you eat some Vienna sausages and not cat food? It's got to be around the same price. You could just get cans of tuna fish, and it's the same price. Yeah. I, mean, I, bought, I mean, you're talking like 50 cents, 50 cents difference. Where is this guy? It's a woman. Where is this woman? Uh, most of us imagine what it would be like as a multimillionaire, uh, what kind of homes we would have, and blah, 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 blah. Um, last thing we would imagine is a multimillionaire eating cat food by choice. This is exactly what uh, Amy Elizabeth, a.k.a. the world's cheapest mil- multimillionaire, does. We're also assuming that it's, it's canned cat food. Um, yes. So, despite of having a net worth of more than $5.3 million, she's from England, by the way, uh, her bizarre way of living has been shown on the uh, TLC show Extreme Cheapskates, where one of her friends spilled the beans on her unusual heat beating habits. One time I noticed Amy was a cheapskate, and she, I came over for lunch, and she asked me what I wanted for lunch, asked me if I wanted lunch, and I, she said, sure. She made me a tuna fish sandwich, and as I'm eating the sandwich, I'm thinking, this is a, this is a little fishy. What is it? And then I looked in the countertop and I noticed she was emptying cat food cans. And I thought, oh, no, she didn't do this. Putting the ethics of making someone unknowingly eat cat food on the side, Amy admitted that she prefers to buy feline food because it's cheaper than meat produced for humans. She says that buying, uh, buying cat food to eat for herself and clearly feeds the others because cat, cat food costs 30 cents less than human fish. Cat fish... Cat, like cat food, fish, cat food, fish costs yeah. 30 cents less. Hey, I said 50 cents. Um, feeding a can of cat, uh, cat tuna to my ex-husband on the show, uh, I saved 30 cents. Clearly unaware that this is levels. Uh, I don't think uh, Amy would ever feed cat food to anyone, but uh, let's just not put a pastor. Uh, oh, my God. The picture of this fucking cat food on a bagel looks disgusting. <laughs> cat, canned cat food. I don't know why it's so much grosser. Than like a can of tuna or a can of midget dicks, but it's so gross. <laughs> you know, I fucking hate the smell of cat food, and I remember having to feed our cat. And I remember almost when I was a kid and almost throwing up. And then what my wife's been doing now is for some reason she thinks the cat likes the cat food warmed up. So she sticks the goddamn Ugh. wet cat food in the microwave for like 12 seconds. Ugh. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I open the door and it's just like, I'm not putting anything in this fucking microwave. Have you it's got fucking, a garage? <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Have you got a garage? Not really. Then buy another, go to the, like, the Goodwill and buy another microwave and put it on the back porch. Uh, some don't, don't do that stuff in the house <laughs> it's it's you know what it for some reason i'm just like it's you know i don't want to throw my wife under the i mean that's the worst thing she does it's fine it's okay by me <laughs> but i mean you know i cat food i i can't imagine i did once when i was getting dog treats for our dogs i was doing chit chat with one of the people who ran the cat food the the uh the, the pet food place and i said what's the best tasting dog treats for people and she says, I'm glad you asked me that question because I know the answer. Was, she, it, Megan, was it Megan strips? It, no, it wasn't Megan strips. It was something. I don't remember what it actually was, but it was this type of jerky. And she says, my brother loves this stuff. <laughs> she, he asked me to bring some home when I'm on I my have, way home. I have work. tried some of that, like jerky. Or, uh, yeah, jerky for animals. But they say it's like, we, it is human-grade jerky marketed to feeding it to your animals and it was basically like a dried chicken breast with no salt what yeah there i remember i th- i think i remember trying it and thinking yeah this is i mean yeah 
I mean, I don't want it. I'm not fiending for it. That's for sure. I feel like begging smit, begging strips smell like they'd be good. I don't know, man. They smell super duper salty, like extra salty. But you know, look, fucking dogs don't seem to mind. Um, we got this is funny. New York teens nabbed after running through the fence for the quote Kool Aid Man TikTok challenge. <laughs> do you know? Do you remember the Kool Aid Man growing up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for all you young kids, the Kool-Aid man, Kool-Aid is like the talk about the cat food of drinks. It's like, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's like literally bags of uh, bags of colored dye and you add sugar to you it. You added lots of sugar. They didn't even, they don't even add the sugar to it. So it's basically like flavor and color. And then you have to add sugar. So you're just like, it's, it seems cheap, except for you end up adding way more sugar than you should. So the Kool-Aid man was this giant red pitcher. And when the, in the commercials, the kids would be sitting there, I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? I'm thirsty too. Maybe we should have some Kool-Aid. And then the fucking wall would explode. And this giant red pitcher with this goofy face was like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, macho, macho man Randy Savage. And then that was the Kool-Aid commercial. So apparently there's a Kool-Aid uh, man TikTok challenge. I think we should read this one just because for our – for uh, for uh, nostalgia's yeah. sake. New York police officers arrested five juveniles and one adult on Monday for damaging fences as part of the Kool-Aid Man TikTok challenge. Suffolk police, oh, this is Long Island. That doesn't surprise me. Said homeowners in Center Reach, New York, heard loud noises at 1 a.m. on Monday. <laughs> Surveillance camera showed six males had kicked several sections of fence down. The males aged 12 to 18 returned after 4 a.m. and ran through the fences simultaneously, the police said. The prank was later determined to be part of the Kool-Aid Man TikTok challenge, which mimics the iconic mascot of the popular powdered drink. Homeowners reported the incident to the police, and the officers observed a black Hyundai, Hyundai sedan matching the description of the vehicles nearby. Detectives later recovered that at least two other instances where some of the males damaged fences in Center Reach, uh, both of which were Suffolk uh, County. The five juveniles and one 18-year-old were charged with several counts of third-degree criminal mischief and fourth-degree criminal mischief. So, <laughs> I think it's funny, frankly. The, the challenges are just, and the fact that they call it a challenge, are just getting out of hand. Yeah. Public uh, did you see the challenge? I don't know what the challenge was called where the people would get out of their car and dance alongside it and then get back in. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And occasionally people's cars would just get away from them. And like one girl ran over her own leg. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. I do remember that. I've been recently watching the, uh, the Pocky chip one chip challenge where they, um, they take that chip. That's like insane. And it like lasts for a long time. And then they'll stick it in a bag of chips and make somebody eat it. Oh, shit. That's kind of funny. But uh, I think my favorite person to do any kind of stunts, I think my favorite person on the planet, I think my favorite person on the planet might, might be Shaquille O'Neal. I fucking love that guy. I like Shaquille O'Neal. God damn. He, when he does anything, he does a good job doing it. And he's funny. And he's just, he's my age. I remember seeing, I got to see when he was drafted to the, Miami, uh, the uh, Orlando Magic, I got to see him play with the Magic. And that was just like, fucking awesome and he's all right i mean he's my age so right. i'm a i'm a big shack fan and when he eats the when he he eats the chip challenge this is fucking guys fucking liars but those challenges are all so i am so grateful for the fact that my daughter doesn't get involved in any of that shit 
None I of kind it. of, I'm hoping that that sort of thing will be done by the time, like everybody will just be over it by the time my kids get cell phones or whatever it is at that point. It depends, I guess it depends on the kid because it seems as though like there are some kids who like some of my, my kids' friends really are needing some let go. They need attention. You know, they, I don't know if you did, did you see the Netflix show, uh, the Chris Rock comedy show? No, I this haven't past, seen that yet. It was live this weekend. I watched it uh, okay. after the fact, and he addresses uh, Will Smith. I'm not going to tell any of the jokes. And he, 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 uh, he beat the brakes off of Will Smith and Jada Smith. By the way, let's Good. just let's just let's just go on the fact that he did not turn the cheek after a year. <laughs> he he did not he did not do what most people would expect him to do, which would be yeah. turn the cheek and make a big thing. He beat the brakes. He beat the brakes off of them. It was fucking a month. It was amazing. But one thing he was talking about was Instagram and stuff like that. He says, when I was a kid, people wanted love, and now people want likes. Yeah. You know, so uh, these challenges. But the problem is, is, is like, you can get, if you get something viral, you do get a degree of like, there can be some value to it. I, oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. But it's this whole generation that's, you know, going on right now, and they, you know, that's their self-worth is reliant on likes or going viral. Right. And the desire to do that. It's, 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 it's weird. I mean, you can't base your self-worth on what, you know, a billion strangers think of you. Well, that's what Hollywood does. I mean, if you look I at, if you is. look at, if you look at Hollywood, these people want the love and adoration of people they wouldn't want to, like, associate with. Yeah. And now you have that ability to do it, you have the same thing. It's fucking bananas. And it's I, totally you know, bananas. I suppose I'm a little bit hypocritical for that. But at the same time, you know, like it's kind of neat whenever you do have something go viral. Yeah, but here's the difference. So I'm you, trying to, you know, look at it from a business standpoint. That's the difference. Yeah. I mean, the same thing. I mean, I'm constantly thinking, I mean, I'm constantly thinking, what, what should I do? And what should I not do? And I'm of a certain age that I should have a degree of decorum. Like, you're not yeah. going to see me lip syncing for fucking songs. That's no. just not going to happen. What about I mean, dancing? I'd like to see that. I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm, there's, gonna, there's some decorum that I just don't feel the need to. Like, I got chef friends who are like big mockers in the, in, the, in the food industry. And they do these goddamn challenges and they look ridiculous. Yeah. The last, the only challenge I ever did is I did do the ice bucket challenge with Nico from the from the downward spiral podcast and we had his kid dump the bucket on us and i was just like this is so stupid and we yeah. didn't give any money and we didn't really i got nominated i nominated and then once in a while i get nominated to do some push-ups i'm like yeah i die you know i i relinquish my nomination i have not I, I still don't understand how the ice book challenge made money they apparently they did you would apparently you'd... they did but how did it like you donate. Did you, you opt out of doing the, having a bucket of ice water poured on you by paying money? Is that how it's supposed to be? No, you would you would dump the ice bucket and then you would also pay money. So like oh, you would oh do a God. donation. I'd rather they, just give the money and not do the bucket of. Well, but I mean, it, it was a pretty it was a pretty vi that was a pretty viral thing. Yeah, I mean that was a pretty I mean that was a pretty remarkable thing. I mean Did that's you see just the guy that got clobbered on the head with the excavator doing it. No. Oh, it it drilled him into the ground. Like I think it killed him. Oh my god! 
that these he was fuck- standing there and he had an excavator. The bucket was above his head and he's got his buddy in there getting ready to dump it. And his friend goes, you know, which way do I hit? Which, what lever do I hit? And he's like, just hit any of them. And the thing just drops up right onto his head. Oh my God. <laughs> was- oh my God. What, what video, the virus, the, the, what I like, the only thing I really like, the only videos I like on Instagram now are all skiing videos. So you kind of miss skiing. And I do like watching these guys go through the powder. Yeah. And then doing the tricks. That I like. But other than that, and then I watch the boat. You know, Chris Cash got us all watching goddamn the, the boat crashing videos. Qualified captain. Qualified captain. captain. And then I think you got me into kook slams. Somebody got me into yeah, kook, kook you know, slams. is pretty good. Kook slams and, and watch all these goddamn boat people doing all this crazy stuff. It makes you never want to have a boat, number two. Oh, hell no. I would never. Just because you're going be, gonna to be on there. You're gonna be on that goddamn show, and you're looking like an idiot. I, without a doubt, I would, I would try to have too much fun and mess up. Oh, the thought of like hitting the throttle and going up into the like the docks is just like ugh, that's the one I hate the most. All right, we got Kansas man dies after dog steps on rifle, causing it to fire. Okay. Anything? What do you think? I mean, I feel like you kind of said it all. Okay, I said it all. He said I probably said too much. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a gun guy. I don't know how. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how you have a dog step on the fuck. I don't know why you have a live trigger or whatever on the ground. I, the I fucking... could I could see instances in how that could happen. All right. All right. So that's the story. So dog killed him with a fucking gun. Maybe he went meant to do it. Frankly, he was like, you know what? You've Maybe been giving, so. you've been, you've been eating all the fucking begging strips. I'm not. I'm not going to get another one more fucking bird from you. Ben Bensner says I retrieve no no more. You've been eating too much of my dog food, so I'm gonna fucking kill you now. So. Uh, too much mayonnaise. A subway worker, subway the restaurant, uh, shot to death after a sandwich argument. That seems a little drastic for too much mayonnaise. Seems like a very drastic. It's in Atlanta, so maybe drastic is not uh, unheard of in the time yeah. in the city of Atlanta. Uh, let me read a couple more and see what you think. Uh, dad's awkward. Uh, we already talked, did last week. We did a son telling that we did the whole break on that guy oh. telling his dad that he was in a romantic relationship with the car. We're not bringing. We're not bringing that back, unless you want to. No, it was nothing special. Um, no. Man spends 30 seconds unconscious, free-falling, after suffering a seizure while skydiving. I'm curious about this one. God damn. Uh, I would never do this. Uh, I mean, I would never skydive. One man spent an entire 30 seconds completely unconscious after suffering a seizure whilst in the middle of skydiving. The diver totally passed out before waking up to realize he was falling from over 12,000 feet in the air. He called the ordeal the, ordeal the scariest moment of his life. It was the other day um, after doing stage five of his accelerated freefall program. Christopher went through one of the most terrifying moments of his life. The diver jumped out of the aircraft from over 12,000 feet in the air, accompanied by a jump master, yet something totally unexpected took place. Uh, he can be seen fall from the helicopter without with all his limbs evenly spread, making eye contact with the jump, ma- jump master, and then all of a sudden things go terribly wrong. Within seconds... His body starts convulsing, and he was rotating and spinning around the air uncontrollably. He spent 30 seconds in free fall unconsciousness. Luckily, the Hawkeye jump master instantly knew something was wrong with uh, Christopher and immediately hurried over to assist him. The jump master somehow, thankfully, was able to pull 
his ripcord at 4,000 feet in the air while he was unconscious. The diver began to uh, regain consciousness at 30,000 feet and managed to safely land. I frankly don't understand how this is a recreational pastime. I'm kind of right there with you. I don't get it. I don't get it. And especially the base jumping deal. Oh, all that stuff. You see those videos of those guys like with the squirrel suits going through the going through the oh, canyons. Oh God, the wingsuits! So oh, that is just un. I it scares the shit out of me watching it. Like it puckers you up the whole time. I don't understand the thrill seeking and how you learn how to do this stuff. I got a friend who uh, is like a jump master, and he loves it. I mean, he can't jump enough. Like, he yeah. cannot jump enough. He hangs from the helicopter thing. He does the backflips. He he's salutes and dives, you know, you know, does a backflip out of the airplane. The You have to have, be so, you have to do so many times to be that confident, but all you need is that one fucking mishap. It's just, I would it's think that... It's not like it's something you really are going to be in control of, per se. Like, your parachute could just have... Get a little knot in it, and that's it. it. Yeah, but then they say, "Well, you know, we check our things, and we do this." It's just like it's just there's too much. There's too much that could go wrong. That it just seems like I just don't want to go out that way. I don't want to I, do it. No, I don't want to do it. And I have friends who do it. And you know the other thing I don't want to do. If I were to do it, I don't want to do it where the guy's on my back. You know, like you're yeah, being no. Like I'm, that's I'm like there. I mean, that's like a that's just. It just seems like, I don't know. I just, it seems weird when you're like, you're doing it for the first time. The brave, if you do it, that's the way you do it. And that's the way you want it. You're braver than I am. But like the guy's on your back and he's like doing the, you know, the hang loose sign and the camera. And it's just like, eh. When I was younger, I would have, I would have definitely done it. Really? Oh yeah. (laughs) I, you know, I was, I was a bit wild. What's the wildest thing you've ever done when you were a kid? Well, I mean, and whenever I say kid, I mean, you know, I was like between like 18 and 22. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, wildest. There's things that I will not talk about on here. Okay. That's fair. All right, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. Right. I, you did, it's not like you were like you know finding those you know those Chinese sperm extractors. No, and giving them a run. No, you know? and I mean nothing really gross or or anything that would like really get me in 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 any trouble. But things that I may not be especially proud of. Well, I understand. I but understand. then you know I raced downhill mountain bikes for quite a while, and would do, you know, kind of my. Have you ever seen the Red Bull Rampage? What's that? They go up to Utah and they hike up these these crazy steep hills and do huge jumps. And like I could do backflips on my mountain bike and three sixties and that sort of thing, but like that Red Bull Rampage was sort of my dream to go do. And I just never was brave enough to move off somewhere to where I uh, better than where I lived that I could actually pr- pursue something like that. Huh. But. Mountain biking is a little scary. You know, and we did it kind of the, I guess you'd say, like the extreme mountain biking, and it was just, it was fun. And that's what that's what we did. 
my friend uh, Nico took me mountain biking, and I hated it. It's the, the rock, you bump into a rock, and you bump into this, and you bump into that, and you have to like plan out how you go over this path. I didn't like it at all. See, and now I'd rather just go fishing. Me too. Uh, all right, so we got a couple more. I, this is one I've held on to for quite a long time, um, and then we'll get out of here. A man who became a dog for 12,480 euros worries that his friends will think he's weird. Now, he was paid the money, or he paid the money to He bought a dog suit. This is a pretty, this is a pretty sufficient dog suit. Uh, let me just get back here. Let me get back to this. Uh, okay. I accept. And he's afraid, right. he's afraid his friends will think he's weird. Yeah, I'm sending you the picture. Because you need to <laughs> see this motherfucker. Japanese man named Taco is sharing updates for his life as a giant dog after he spent 2 million yen, which equals 12,480 euros, on a human-sized collie suit. Taco has always dreamed of becoming an animal and now dresses up as a dog a few times a month to live his childhood fantasies. Taco, who has a, Taco is T-O-C-O, who has his own YouTube channel, regularly shares videos of himself learning how to eat, play, and train like a pooch, Speaking about the opinions of his peers, Taco told the mirror, I rarely tell my friends because I'm afraid they'll think I'm weird. My friends and family seem very surprised to learn I became an animal. I don't know if you've seen that. You got the, the pictures. Oh, I'm, yet. I'm looking at it. I, I was just listening. I was looking at the pictures. It's a pretty intense suit, don't you think? Uh, that is. That's a fine looking dog suit. <laughs> That's a fine looking dog suit. I mean, no. it looks like Lassie. I mean, it, it really does. looks like Lassie. Taco says he mostly enjoys doing things only dogs would do because it makes him feel like a proper pet. He finds activities that involve his hands the most difficult as his paws often get in the way. Since childhood, I've had an unspecified fantasy of becoming an animal, and I wonder whether it was a desire uh, for transformation. Uh, clips on Taco's social media show him rolling over for belly rubs, pretending to sit and lift his paw, and walking on a lead just like a dog. Who walks him on a lead? Don't know, but that person is a bad person. I think. <laughs> I think Do you reckon he has got a significant other? Um. And if they are intimate, <laughs> do they do it in a canine fashion? Well, that would probably be. Let's. I mean, I would go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I would think canine everything, canine fashion everything. He learned how to eat fake dog food, uh, venture outside, and lift in uh, in a lift. That and hang in a hammock. He is not committed if he's eating fake dog food. You have a woman who's eating cat food because she wants because she's cheap. You can eat dog food. Oh yeah, she's actually Commit. she's actually more who's weirder? The guy who dresses up like a dog or the woman who eats real cat food? Well, she's rich, so she's not weird. She's eccentric. Right. She's a she's a real believer. Yeah. So Taco says he chose a collie because it's his favorite breed of dog. Uh, purchased the realistic uh, costume from uh, Zepit, a Japanese agency known for creating sculptures and models for movies. It reportedly took Zepit 40 days to make the costume as Taco kept adding improvements to make it perfect. Can you imagine? Oh, God. You're, the fucking poor business has got to deal with this fucking asshole. I, I, I need you to make it a little bit more like this. A Zeppelin employee spoke about how the team found a way to create the skeleton structure of a dog and spent a lot of time studying it. Uh, he said, in addition, we collect photographs taken from various angles of a beautiful coat. Uh, the collie can be reproduced. In a blah, 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 blah. Do you suppose he shits in the neighbor's yard? 
It's it's like a I mean it's a really really good dog costume. Yeah, but I mean if you want to be a dog like do you suppose he uses a toilet or does um, he go shit in the neighbor's yard like a good dog? Ah, uh... That is a clean up fucking himself. tough question, man. Uh, Taco's costume has attracted fans from all over the world. His YouTube channel has created a space for like-minded individuals to open up. You inspire us to fill our dreams, too, one subscriber commented in a recent video, while others said, I hope to become an animal that I want to be, too. You're an inspiration to us. Yeah. What about chew toys? <laughs> well, I don't, it doesn't look like he can get... I mean, it doesn't look like he can open his mouth. Well, right? I don't know. There's that one picture of him there, and he's he's standing over a feed bowl. Yeah, but it looks like it's an empty feed bowl. I think he's just pretending. I I, I I'm um, I'm impressed with the suit. Yeah. I'm not impressed with the person. No. Um. I like the fact that he thinks that he's worried that his friends are gonna think he's weird, but at the same time, oh, it says like, he only dresses up a few times a month. Uh, I yeah, I mean. So it's not like he's living full time. If I'm if I have a choice between being the woman who eats cat food and the dude who eats fake dog food and wears the collie suit, I think I'm going for the cat food. I feel like the dog guy might be happier though. Yeah, you I might think, be right. I think the lady is too worried about losing money that she's like yeah. doing that to herself whereas this guy like he's he's getting pure joy out of being a dog. You're, you are, you know what? I take it back. You're right. He has more joy in him dressing up like a dog than that woman who's afraid that she needs to cut back on 30 cents a can of, and she's eating fucking yeah, friskies I, sounds, on a bagel. Sounds, that would be way too stressful. Yeah, that's a problem. You're probably right. You're probably, you are right. Ben Snoor, you are 100% right. He's happier yeah. than she is. Yeah. That's the name of this podcast. Who's happier than who? Um... That's funny. Uh, let me see. Let me get back to... Uh, I have a, one last story, or we can keep going whenever you want. I quit my job in retail to sell burps in a jar for a living. There's that. Uh, I've it? heard of, like, these... Uh, farting in a jar? Yeah, the farts in a jar yeah. of these. D okay, so you follow Barstool. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Glenny Balls... I guess has a podcast. Have you ever listened to any of them? Any no, of I know that he gets a lot of all these Instagram or uh, uh, OnlyFans models. Yeah, is he good? And they will sell like farts in a jar. One girl said that she like I've listened to one episode because I, I maybe more than one, but this little clip that they had on Instagram was like, well, I need to hear this. She got paid something like ten thousand dollars to go up to a guy's hotel room, shit, and leave. And like, d d didn't flush the toilet, and like no one was in the room, I and mean, she just... nobody was in the room. Oh my god, that is fucking money in the bank. Oh hell yeah. Oh my god, just walk into just to go take a shit in some in some empty bathroom and then leave in ten Man, G's. There's been times I'd pay a lot of money to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I've been really desperate. I, I would pay money, and she here she is getting paid for it. I've been in those situations too, where you're in such a bad situation. You're just like, I've got to find something, and something happens anywhere where your guts are like listening to your brain. Like the weirdest thing is when you have to go to the bathroom, 
and you know that you're close and then your body starts knowing that you're close uh, yeah i get it's getting ready and it's like without there's no it's you're unconsciously you're unconsciously being sabotaged by your body because you know that you got some time you got a couple minutes or a minute or two and it's just like no i know you know that we're a minute or two or close god thank god i live out in the country because i was in one of those situations this has been a few years ago i got about 25 yards from the house and that was as far as i could make it and i had to poop in the driveway oh my man and then i just went like i got a shovel and took care of it and then i went and took a shower well, I mean, you know, it happens. It happens. No, I, I know of stories of like, you know, you see all these videos of like people accidentally, uh, you know, having problems. But God bless it. God bless the woman who, I mean, that's a, that's money in the bank. That's an easy money yeah. in the bank situation. I mean, you'd do that, wouldn't you? Somebody says, oh, yeah. <laughs> go shit. Just go take a shit. 10 yeah, grand. Definitely. Don't tell them, but you, they can't. You you can't be associated with this person. You don't want to know. No cameras. No, she said that like he watched her come in the hotel. She went up to the room, and then he watched her leave. Fuck ten G's. But I, how I you know I guess everybody's got their kinks, but I don't understand how you. What then happens with what's in the toilet? Well, I guess you just you don't you don't it. ask. I don't think I don't it's want, a, yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah, you don't want to know. I, it, it is what's amazing is about how OnlyFans has allowed people to like you have a you have a line of which you're, how far you're willing to go and then money becomes involved and then your line slowly slowly creeps up closer and closer to probably where you wouldn't have gone yeah you know years ago you know you know and it, it is very like bizarre like now apparently these feet pick websites are huge. I kept getting advertisements for those. Finally, it stopped. But apparently, it's like everybody's just like, oh, what's the big deal? I'll pay for pictures of my feet. I got perfectly good feet. And it's like, eh, it's just like so bizarre. I, I, no offense to anybody else. None. But yeah. feet are kind of gross to me. Oh, the grossest. I saw a fucking video, an, an ad, or it was a New York Times thing on Instagram about a guy who hasn't worn shoes in, uh, like, a. he's just like a normal dude from wherever. He's like a yoga instructor. He hasn't worn shoes in 10 years. And they took a picture of his fucking feet. And I'm like, bro, I don't want to see any of this. And you are, if you walked into my house without shoes on, I'd fucking throw you out so fast, make your head spin. Get the fuck out of my house, with your fucking hoofs. Like, and they, they were. <laughs> I mean, he apparently. Gonna, did they look like tires? They he had just... he had he had bunions that were so bad that he was just started not wearing shoes, and then all of a sudden he realized that that's great not wearing shoes all the time. So he doesn't wear shoes at all, and so his feet really do look like hooves and they're like the bunions are sticking out and the toes are sticking in and the, the it just looks and then they took a big picture of his foot and i'm just like god damn you new york times you fucking screwed me one too many times and this is as far as i can go i can't do it it's like yeah it's just i don't know man yeah i'm not i do not like feet i will you will not see me in flip-flops you will not I, see me in tevas you will not see me in slippers i had a pair of Birkin I'll wear socks. sandals like if i go to the beach you go to I'm the beach shoes if it's not by, you know, there was this one phase where people were like, you know, wearing flip flops as fashion. Yeah. 
you got to have some fucking good feet for that shit. And well, good feet is really them. like... You got to take care of them. Even a damn dude. Like, trim your toenails. Yeah, I just... I'm Feet are awful. I just don't want it. I don't want it and... You know, I don't know the whole OnlyFans thing. I keep saying if I start, if I would get to a point where I decide like I'm gonna start a Patreon or something for my blacksmithing, I will do it on OnlyFans just for the hell of it. You probably would get some fucking dudes. I mean, some people. <laughs> you probably uh, get that's some. Fine. Pe- you that's probably fine. get some people. I would. I would expect it would be majority dudes. Yeah, that would sign up to my OnlyFans. Probably. Probably. I'm, I don't know. Maybe there would be some like the farmer's daughter kind of situation too. You never know. Uh, maybe probably but it would it would you know just be blacksmithing yeah yeah the only fan things is weird but it's like i can see you see these people and you're just like oh god you, you read these stories about like you know the mothers from like these catholic schools whose children go to the schools and then the, the children get thrown out and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like they're because the mother is like you know milfing it up on only fans but it's just like, she's like ma- teachers will have it and get fired but they're making like three hundred thousand dollars a year or a million dollars a year and it's just like can you really blame them well, who was the the Doctor Phil girl that like made a million dollars oh. or something like that the very first the day she turned eighteen? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside, girl. She's a fucking. She's a monster. She's a monster, I, and she's not very. She's a weird looking I, I, person. Yeah, she's also you know she's a baby. Bad baby. Well, I just mean like she is. She is. Young. Well, that's that's her name. You know, that's her. That's her stage name is Bad Baby. My yeah, daughter, I my daughter was like, that. you know about this girl? I'm like, yeah, that's catch me outside. How about that? And she, yeah, she's the first day she turned 18. She went on OnlyFans and she made like a million dollars in the first day or something like that. I, it's, it's unreal. And no. you know, like, how do you argue with them and say, well, you know what? You shouldn't be doing this. That's not a good look. A million dollars in a day is a pretty damn good look shitting it's like fucking shooting barrels shooting fish in a barrel or shitting in a tub i mean shitting in a i ruined it i ruined it i ruined it i ruined it ben snoor it's always good i i i really appreciate you coming on you have an open invitation anytime you want to come on you know you have it i don't you don't need to go anywhere else wherever you need whatever you need however you need i'm with you i'm glad to be here yeah all right guys listen we're gonna we're gonna make it a little bit more we're gonna get back onto the program next week i got a good i got a two good shows coming up i'm very excited about uh and uh, i'm not telling you anything more because who knows what's gonna happen so ben snur go follow ben snur on instagram you already do you already know all about it and uh thanks to our sponsors and we'll see you next week thanks ben y'all have a good one this show is brought to you by the makery the podcast network for makers (laughs) 